0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for July 27th, 2023. I'm teaching a series. I'm back now for for the series. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. The first parable that we're covering is the mother of all parables. I'm almost done with this parable, so I can move on to the others because we have a lot of parables to cover. We spent the first five months of the year looking at all the miracles that Jesus performed, and now we're going to spend the rest of the year looking at all the parables that Jesus taught where we're looking at this parable called the mother of all parables. I call it that. It is the parable of the sower. This is part 24 of this parable, us, us studying this parable with 24 messages in. And the title of today's message is Overcoming the Fear of Losing Out. I want you to know that as a believer, you will never lose out when you choose God's will above your will, when you choose God's plans above your own. You should never, ever fear losing out. Open up your heart now to get ready to receive. so I'm ready for the word this morning. Listen, I see uh, Thelma here said that my excitement excites you. Listen, I'm excited this morning. I love the word of God, y'all. I just love it. And I'm ready uh, to, to receive whatever God has for us on this morning. So listen, as I'm getting into this now, uh, the fear of losing, put in the chat, I would never fear losing out. Put in the chat, put in the chat, I choose God's ways above my ways. Put in the chat, I choose God's will above my will. You will never lose out when you choose God over self or selfishness or sin. I'm telling you that as a believer, you have to choose. Success in Christ is not a matter of more trying. Success in Christ is a matter of more dying. So put in the chat, I die to me so that I can choose God's will. God will live through me. Why? Because I'm yielding to him. Before we get into the message, we've been looking at Psalms 126 and verse four all year long. This is a scripture that at our church, uh, the Lord gave us for this year. And uh, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Put in the chat, Lord, do it again. Do it again, God. Restore us to the former glory. This is what the psalmist said. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. This is a season where dry hearts will be drenched. Again, put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I don't want any area of your life, my life to go dry. Mm-mm. This is our season to be refreshed and restored and revived. Say amen to that. So we're looking at the mother of all parables. We're getting back to it. This is in Mark chapter four. Jesus taught this parable and he walked away. He, he kind of quoted Isaiah where he was saying, well, you know, they, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? His team said, well, People, you know, they're gonna have eyes and they can't see, ears they can't hear, and they have a heart and they do not understand. So, I'm teaching in parables, and only some people are gonna get it. And they said, Well, we don't get it. He said, Come on, man, you got to get this one. If you don't get this one, How can you get any parable, which is why I call it the mother of all parables? They said, well, can you explain it? He said, let me break it down for you. Mark chapter four, verses 13 through 20. This is Jesus's explanation of the parable. He says like, well, the kingdom of God is like this. The farmer, you know, soil goes forth to sow. So a farmer is like someone who takes God's teaching down and plants it down inside of people. Sometimes the word, the seed falls along the path. That's like the people that hear the word of God, but their understanding isn't fruitful because they don't understand it. They're susceptible to Satan. And Satan comes immediately, snatches away the word that was sown in their heart. Other people like to see that that are planted on Rocky Ground. Now, what happens with Rocky Ground? They they hear the word, they quickly and gladly accept it. They say, Amen, Pastor, hallelujah! Glory, all of that. That's cool. But they don't allow the word of God to go deep down inside of their lives as a result. As soon as trouble comes, persecution comes because of the word that they receive. They're quick to give up. Other people are like the seed that's planted amongst the thorny weeds. These are the people that hear the word of God, but they have allowed their lives to become full of other things. What are the other things? Jesus gave us three things. The cares of this world, the love of money, and everything else they want. Selfish desires. And they, these things grow up like weeds and they choke out the word. The word doesn't produce. Finally, there are some people that are good ground. Say, I am good ground. Put in the chat, I am good ground. Okay, these are the, what happens with the good ground? Well, the good ground doesn't do what the other three grounds did. They received the word. They let it do what it does. They let it go deep. The word produces sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, sometimes 100 times more. Jesus described, and I'm talking about the third type of ground, and now I'm talking about the third category in the third type of ground, right? So we talked about the cares of this world, the love of money, or selfish desires. Uh, Jesus called it the lust for other things. Uh, that's what the King James says. There are some people that have a lust for other things. Why? Because they have a fear of running out or or losing out. So this is what happens. FOMO, the fear of missing out. They say, well, I don't want to choose God's path because then what what if that causes me to miss out on what I want? So basically what you're saying is that you have desires and you have plans and you prioritize your selfish desires over God's desires. Even though God is telling you to go right, you have a desire to go left. And you want temporary pleasure over eternal return. Ooh, okay. That's a foolish decision, by the way. Uh, but there are people that do that. There are many people that claim to love God, and that go to church Sunday after Sunday, but they're not submitting to God. They're not listening to the Holy Spirit. They are placing selfish desires, the lust for other things, above God's desires on a regular basis. And so as a result, what they're doing is they are choosing temporary pleasure over eternal return and they they are not they're missing out on God's best because in the long run those of us that choose God put in the chat I choose God in the long run those of us that choose God even though it may cost us something in the in the short term in the long run is going to produce an eternal weight of glory oh glory that shall not be compared Paul said it this way he said you know what I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. At the end of the day, whatever I have to go through in order to become the man or the woman that God called me to be, whatever I have to sacrifice or even suffer is worth it. Because in the end, God is going to give me double for my trouble. God is going to make sure that there's something waiting for me on the other side of my obedience. Say amen to that. Put in the chat, I will never allow anything to cause me to disobey God. Say that and say it and believe it. I will never allow anything to cause me to disobey God. So don't choose self or selfishness or even sin over God. Choose God. Say amen to that. So what does this mean for you today? By the way, let me before I get into my points, let me just say that, yeah, God is still holy. Sin is still wrong. Obedience is still required, right? And I know that these are things that people don't talk about today. People are still going to hell. Like the Bible is still right, and and so at the end of the day, holiness is still the requirement. We're supposed to abstain from sin and even selfishness. We're supposed to abstain from even the very appearance of evil. I know that people don't talk about sin anymore. People don't talk about hell anymore. But those things, listen. At the end of the day, we're supposed to be holy and we're supposed to obey God and we have to choose sacrifice even when it means surrendering to something that we don't want to do because that's the requirement. We choose God. Say amen to that. You got it? All right. What does this mean for you today? Instead of breaking this up into major points, I'm giving you 11 quick thoughts. As I give you these 11 quick thoughts, I need you to open up your heart to receive and comment you know, with me, put some stuff in the chat as we go. You Ready? 11 thoughts. Here's number one. Here we go. If you know what the Bible says about something or what the Holy Spirit told you, but you choose to disobey it in pursuit of a selfish desire, you are placing self over God. This is self. This is God. It's supposed to be God over self. You're placing self over God. You are choosing pride over purpose you are choosing temporary over eternal. And guess what? In the end, you will have to reap a harvest on your short-sighted decision. So as a believer, 2 Corinthians 4:18, we're supposed to gaze and spend time looking at things beyond where our eyes can look. We're supposed to focus on the unseen and not the seen. People that make decisions where they choose pride over purpose or self over God, Are making a short sighted decision. They are choosing the now and they're sacrificing the next. They don't even know how good the plans were that God had and they gave it up. And when they get to heaven, they're gonna realize that they missed out on many things because they were selfish. Put in the chat, I will not be selfish. I'm not gonna make that mistake. You're not gonna make that mistake. Say amen to that. All right, number two, walking with God often means you gotta take the long view in life, living a life pleasing in God's sight means sometimes, many times, most of the time, it's going to mean avoiding shortcuts. It's going to mean denying yourself of quick gains or ill-gotten gains. God is going to tell you, nope, don't cheat on your taxes. God is going to, well, but other people are doing it. I could get, nope, I could get 5,000. Don't do it. God is going to say, don't cheat on this like PPP loan. Well, other people, are, no, don't. Do, listen, God, obeying god yeah you might miss out on something in the short term but you are making decisions that will build character you you are going to choose the hard right over the easy wrong put that in the chat i choose the hard right over the easy wrong and these are decisions that build character these are decisions that produce a, a life that is pleasing in god's sight listen and when you get to that point then your life will be fulfilling and rewarding, and life-producing. your God's life will emanate from your life because you've been developed to the point where you can carry the weight of the anointing associated with your, with your assignment, and that happens by making godly decisions and building godly character on a daily basis. Say amen to that. Number three, you are never losing out when you choose God's will over a selfish, or a worldly desire. You're never losing out. When, when it's all said and done, choosing the hard right is always better or greater uh, than the easy wrong. At the end of the day, never allow yourself to sacrifice the future God has for you for some temporary pleasure. At the end, of, you want to submit to God. You want to you do what, and you're never going to lose out. God will see to it that what he, what he has for you is going to be far greater than you imagined. Number four, sacrifice is a seed. Put this in the chat. Sacrifice is a seed. Anything that you give up for God will become a seed, and God will see to it that you reap a harvest on every seed sown. Listen, there are many seeds that I have in the ground. Um, I recently uh, walked away uh, from one company over to another. because I am work with my wife now because this is what the Lord told me to do. I loved where I was, but I had to I had to be obedient to God. me giving that up and I had it I had it very well but me giving that up is a seed and the Lord is going to make sure that I reap a harvest on every seed sown because I'm being obedient to the father. There are many things, even financially obviously the obvious one is financially. God tells us all the time, give this, give this amount, give this amount anything that we give is a seed. If you're sacrificing your time, your talent, your treasure, anything that you give up is something that you really want it. And God says, no, I want you to do something else. If you are willing to be obedient and you give it up, your sacrifice will be a seed. And our God is the Lord of the harvest. He will ensure that you reap a harvest on every seed sown. Say amen to that. And then when you make those decisions and you choose God over self, and you make that decision and you make that sacrifice, then when you get up in the morning, you need to remind yourself that you have seed in the ground. Put in the chat, I have seed in the ground. I'm reminding myself, I'm preaching to myself, Lord, I thank you for blessing me. I have the grace to make good decisions. I made a decision that that right now, it may be in the temporary, in the immediate sense, difficult. But I know that in the end, it's going to produce an eternal weight of glory. And I have seed in the ground and harvest is coming. Put in the chat, harvest is coming for me. Why? Because number five, God will never be in debt to you. I say that all the time. Put in the chat, God will never be in debt to you. Listen, don't ever think that you're losing out when you're choosing God over self. Don't ever think it. Don't ever think that you're losing out. Jesus said that the people of this type of soil, they make a mistake because they have a lust for other things. They, they're they saying, hey, God is saying, I want you to go this way, but they have a lust for other things. What are the other things? They are, they're focused more on their selfish desires than the things of God. Don't have a lust for other things. I have a desire for the things of God. Why? Because God will never be in debt to me. Anything that I give up for God, God is going to make sure that I reap a harvest on it. Anything that I give up, whether it be financially or otherwise, anything that I, I have seen in the ground, y'all, come on now, God is never going to be in debt to me. God will make sure that I reap a harvest on every seed sown. Let me let me preach and prophesy over you. My pastor uh, continually declares that this is a season of restoration and restitution, that, that, that in this season, you will reap a harvest on every every seed sown. And in this season, there will be a restitution of everything that the devil stole from you. I'm talking about this, put in the the chat, restoration and restitution. Yeah, I'm talking about, yes, in this season, harvest is coming. This is a season of harvest for us. Open up your heart to God's harvest. God will never be in debt to you. Got it? Oh man, I feel like preaching this morning. Number six, you can, you cannot lose anything by choosing God over self. But you will never lose when you give God first place in your life. You have to trust in God's faithfulness. You must develop an unshakable confidence in God's promises, in God's plans, in God's desires for your life. Put put this in the chat. My confidence is in God. You must get to the point where you can rest in the assurance that every step taken in obedience to God, in obedience to God's word, will produce blessings beyond measure. That, listen, I am obeying God. I am doing what God told me to do and I'm never going to lose. For anything that I sacrifice for God, God will ensure that I reap a harvest. I'm living my life off of sowing and reaping, not buying and selling. Say amen to that. Number seven, don't ever fear losing out. What God has waiting for you on the other side of your obedience is his best. Oh, let me say that again. Listen, this is where you are right now. And you may have a selfish desire. You may even have a desire of something that is good, but God is saying, don't do it. I want you to go this way. What God has for you, waiting for you on the other side of your obedience is a blessing. It is his best. Listen, his best will always be better than anything that you can come up with on your own. Simply put, God's plans are better than your plans. Put in the chat, God's plans are better than my plans. God will ensure that decisions that align with his plans Will bear fruit that will be beyond expectation. This is Ephesians 3 and 20. God is able to make, uh, uh, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above everything that you can ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works on the inside of you. What is that power? It is grace. It is the grace of God that is on you. So God is able to, to bless you beyond measure. God is able to do things in your life that will blow your mind, that will far exceed anything that you can ask or or think, or even imagine. So listen, sacrifice whatever God tells you to sacrifice because God's plans are better than yours. Number eight, the fear of losing out or the fear of missing out, FOMO, it stems from a lack of contentment. It stems from a lack of contentment in God's plans and his provision. You must learn how to be content. Put in the chat, I've learned how to be content. The apostle Paul said this in Philippians 4 and 13, In Philippians 4 and 13, uh, the apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But if you read that passage in context, Paul said, you know what? I've learned how to be content. I've I've been in situations where I I know how to abase uh, uh, and I know how to abound. I've been in situations where I've had more than enough, situations where I I had not enough. And, And in every situation, you know what I learned? I learned some stuff. I learned how to be content. I learned I learned that God is my sufficiency and my supply. What did I learn? I learned that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I learned that God is my contentment. I'm learning that. I can be at peace and knowing that God's got me, man. I can look at my wife and say, "Babe, God's got us. Like I, we're doing what God told us to do. We're doing it, and we're trying to do it the way that God wants us to. And we're not perfect. We're gonna make mistakes along the way, and God is not holding our mistakes against us. God loves us, and God knows the mistakes we were gonna make, and God wa- wants to use us anyway. And, ain't that crazy? Crazy like that? Oh my God! God loves us so much, and so you you don't have to fear losing out you got to learn how to be content in God and in, and when you learn how to be content that it will actually eradicate the desires for for selfish desires why because you know what you're you're like no I'm doing what God wants me to do and I, and I'm resting in it and number 9 watch this there is freedom in surrender there's a freedom ooh, when you know that you're doing what God told you to do and you know that you're living the life that God wants you to live and you know that you're surrendered to Him. There's freedom in surrender. There's there's a freedom in knowing that I I've given my life to God. God is my life. Like that's it. Like my life is God, and God's life is mine. And God is my life. I've surrendered to God. I I, I have a freedom. I have a peace in knowing that I've let go of the control of my life. I let go. I'm not creating the outcome anymore. Come on. Now, now when I was, when I was trying to make my own life and pull myself up by my own bootstraps and create a life for myself, I was trying to create an outcome. I'm not trying to create the outcome anymore. God has the outcome. My pastor, Tony Brazelton says all the time, God is the one who controls outcome. So Father, I thank you that you control outcomes in my life. I'm not trying to create the outcome. You're the one that's moving pieces around on the chessboard of my life. You're the one that's orchestrating stuff. Matter of fact, there's some stuff 17 moves from now that I don't even know what's going to happen. I can't even think that far, but you already got it all mapped out. And glory to God, when that time comes, in the fullness of your time, I've already given my life over to you, and I'm free. There's freedom in surrender. I don't need to control everything anymore. I don't need to have everything lined up anymore. Rick Pina, Brother Pina, what you going to do five years from now? I don't know. I have a plan, I think, but what God's plans are better than my plans. Every time I think I have something five years out, 10 years out, 15 years out, by the time I get there, that my plans look dumb compared to God. God's plans are better than my plans. And so God is the one who's controlling outcome. I'm just going to walk with God and I'm going to let God walk with me. And what, whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever t- God tells me to go, I'm going to go. Whatever God tells me to say when I get there, I'm going to say it when I get there. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going I'm to enjoy every step of the way. And there's this freedom and surrender. Glory to God. I'm surrendered to God. I'm submitted to him. I'm walking with him. He's walking with me. I'm at peace in knowing that God's plans are better than my plans. Sometimes I don't know what's around the corner, but I know this, what I know is going to be good. Say amen to that. Number 10. Oh my God. I feel like preaching this morning. Number 10. We have 11. So let me just give you these last two. These last two go together. God's love and grace are amazing. God loves us so much. God loves you so much. God loves me so much that he does not require us to be perfect. Put in the chat, God does not require us to be perfect. God knows all the mistakes that we're going to make. And he knew the mistakes that we were going to make from the foundations of the world. And God called us anyway. So even when we have fallen prey to fear-driven decisions, you have made fear-driven decisions. I have made fear-driven decisions. But watch this. Even when we make dumb decisions, right? God can still turn around our dumb decisions, and and give us opportunities for redemption. Give us opportunities for growth and blessing. Give us opportunities to be redeemed and restored. God, God can still. God is saying, I'm not going to throw you away. I'm I'm not. I'm not. Watch this. When when the potter looked down at the clay in, in, in Jeremiah, and, and he saw that it was it was marred it was it was not pleasing in the potter's sight the bible says he smashed it and then he made it again you know what he didn't do he didn't throw it away the, I, thankfully that we are still clay in the potter's hands. God will never throw us away. Listen, even when we make mistakes, God will make us up again. Glory to God. We serve a God that will still bless us. That We serve a God that will say, you have not disqualified yourself. Why son? Why daughter? Because you never qualified in the first place. Listen, I love you. I knew all the mistakes you were, you were going to make and, and I made provisions for your mistakes. What is this called? It is called the grace life and it's how we're supposed to live. God is not holding my, my, my future hostage to my past. Come on now, God God is not holding it against me. God loves me and he wants to bless me. And I I say amen to that. And then number 11, the last one for today. Don't fear losing out. The only way you can lose is if you remain stuck in your stubbornness. Put in the chat, I refuse to be stuck in my stubbornness. There are some believers that are just stuck in their stubbornness. They're stubborn. They know that they're doing the wrong thing and they don't want to repent. This is today. This is your moment to repent. If, if you are that person and you, you've been making bad decisions, and this morning the Holy Spirit is saying, Hey, son, hey, daughter, listen, I'm not holding it against you. I still want to bless you. I'm a still, listen, the door's still here. Repent. Repent now. Repent immediately. Be quick to repent. Receive forgiveness from God. Forgive yourself and then keep going. There is a blessing waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. I was preaching better than you're saying amen. Oh my God, this was good. This is a message you might need to listen to again, and you better share this with your friends. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I boldly declare that I choose your will over selfish desires. I trust in your provision, and I walk down the path that you already set for me. I have a long view of life. I embrace choices that build character and lead to a fulfilling life in you. I know that obeying you means I will never lose. Any sacrifice I make becomes a seed and you will give me the harvest. I rest in your faithfulness. I learn how to be content. I surrender to you and I have true freedom and overwhelming peace. You are the God who controls outcomes. You have the final say in my life. You are moving pieces around, the chessboard for me. And even when I don't know what you're doing, I choose obedience. Your love and your grace redeem me from mistakes and you turn my mistakes into opportunities for redemption. With your strength, I pursue your best and I walk in your blessing. I choose the hard right over the easy wrong. I release stubbornness. I'm quick to repent. I follow your path. Therefore, I am never in lack. You supply all my need and greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day. I want you to walk in God's best. Do me a favor. Two things. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.